Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You know, I'd planned a pre-show nap. I won't lie to you guys. Needed about a, I don't know, hour and a half. Maybe 45 minutes just to get the body right. Beauty nap, if you will. Yeah, it's radio, but yeah, keep the energy up. But I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't close my eyes and fall asleep. And there's a main reason. There's a major reason. This was after the Niners game wrapped up. But things kind of fell perfect on the schedule. And as I lay down, I realized Daddy Murphy's on Saturday Night Live. So uh, I found myself glued. Uh, I don't know. What, what other term could you absolutely use whenever you're laying out just how infatuated you are with something? Because that's what I was with Saturday Night Live tonight. It was like I was... Uh, I didn't really get to watch a lot whenever I was younger because moms wouldn't let me. But as I got older, I would enjoy like the vintage Saturday Night Live things. Yeah, watching in 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 high school the old Mister Robinson's Neighborhood, Angry Gumby, Velvet Jones, and his and his book that helps women understand there's a future for them. I mean, I was immediately energized. The nap was scrapped, and for some reason, it's it's all I want to talk about. Now, uh, again, this is Fox Sports Radio, so we have a full slate of NFL games to get to. But, hey, bravo Saturday Night Live. Bravo Eddie Murphy. I was a little bit concerned. Now, wait, I, I need to check into the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Eric Roberts, producer extraordinaire. Chris Perfett on the wheels of steel. And, of course, Brian Finley on updates. Uh, gentlemen, did any of you actually get to listen or were you busy uh, on the ones and twos and putting together the end of Arnie and Aaron and rolling through Bernie and the crew straight out of Vegas? Did you get to take in any of this tonight on Saturday Night Live or no? 
No, I was uh, cleaning up from NFL action, and then I was uh, I've been cramming down The Witcher on Netflix. So oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, very intrigued. We'll have to talk about that later. That's something I've been uh, trying to get into, so I'll need a, a review. E Rob, did you get a chance to um, watch and take this in? At no, all? yeah, I was already at work, but I have uh, watched his monologue. Monologue was yeah, great. So it's pretty good, and you know, some I'm not going to ruin it for anybody. Yeah, a couple, you know, guest appearances, but it's pretty good. I plan on watching, or at least you know, getting the highlights from it uh, via the Twitter sphere when I get home. You don't even have to watch TV anymore. I realized. Oh, I mean, no, you really don't. All, all the best things are on Twitter.com. There's, I have a list. I, I have a list called really funny people, and there is a dude that legitimately on this list posts everything ever in the history of television that happens. Uh, Brian, did you get a chance to watch it all tonight? I, you know, I didn't, Chris, but I, there was some college basketball that didn't finish until about midnight uh, on the West Coast. We had that St. Mary's Nevada game, so we had some some live hoops going on late into the night. See, that's your mistake. You're watching college basketball in December. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. What a failure I am. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yes. Don't you don't you realize we immediately start watching basketball after the calendar turns to 2020? By the way, so I make sure I give proper credit at CJ0 on Twitter. Erob, you go check out that Twitter account and it's everything that ever happens on television. Y'all probably don't even need a direct TV account anymore. Though some of you probably don't anyway. So yeah, I I don't want to spoil it because I'm sure there's some dudes getting off work late and they're like, listen, I tune in here for what's going on in football, what's going on in the sports world. Get away from you gushing over Eddie Murphy. But I did want to add this one thing. I had no idea who any of those people were that were the regular cast of Saturday Night Live. And I mean, again, I mean, I'm I'm not breaking news here. Saturday Night Live isn't what it once was and might not ever be again outside of cool moments like tonight when Eddie Murphy hosts or, you know, whenever guys like Alec Baldwin host or Will Ferrell for that matter. But I, I legit, I had never, the only person I heard of when they rolled through that was Pete Davidson. And the only reason I know who he is is because he dated Ariana Grande. So I probably, I probably tonight spent more time going, who's that? Huh? Who's that person? Now, granted, they brought back, legitimately every single person who's ever played a character on the show before it seemed tonight. It was almost like a, a, a reunion episode. But uh, if you haven't yet, you're right. Good point, Rob. I don't want to spoil anything. It was well worth it. For a, for a child of the late 80s, early 90s, it was, uh, it, was very, it was very heartfelt. In fact, this is heartwarming, I think, is the term I'm looking for. This has been a really cool week. For us Gen Xers, to be honest with you, right? Because you had the Star Wars movie, the final chapter of the Skywalker book, if you will, the book of Skywalker, if we're talking our Star Wars Bible. You finally, that came out. Eddie Murphy's hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's just, it's like we're kids again. So bravo, NBC. Bravo, Eddie Murphy. So get back to Sports Guy. Here we go. I'm getting to the games. You know, I can't begin to tell you enough how much I dig late season football. Captain obviousing here a bit, but but let me explain why. Obviously, the stakes are higher. Obviously, playoff implications. If you're a fan of a bad team like I am, you're thinking about draft placement and who you might be able to take. But I think the NFL does a really good job as the season progresses in taking advantage of windows where college games aren't anymore and maximizing those. 
I, I, I want to get into what Clay Travis said on Twitter, and I think it's worth a debate. I know Chris covers the NFL diehard. Eric is, is a little bit of a depressed Bills fan, but he can't be too much because they're going to the playoffs. But I love the Saturday NFL games. And I know there's not really a place for them during the college football season, but I'm not going to complain if we find a way to do these a little bit more often down the stretch. I mean, last week when you had Army-Navy, let's throw an NFL game in primetime. Give us more. I know the Sunday ticket's out there. Give us more. With that in mind, you might have had game for game, minute for minute, the best full day of NFL action that we've had. Every game was competitive. Every game was fun. Every game was laden with storylines. Just about every game seemed to have some sort of playoff implication to it, right? And, and every game had a great finish to it. it. It's almost as if in an era where basically all we do is complain, man, you really got to dig to complain about that slate of action that we had today in the National Football League. I mean, Jameis Winston doing what he does best, throwing picks to start the day, and the Texans clinching their spot. Then you had Buffalo and New England in a Donnybrook. Don't count out Buffalo in the playoffs. I know it's real easy to do so because you haven't seen them much this year, but every time they've been on national TV, they've wowed us, right? There was the Thursday just destruction of the Dallas Cowboys. There was Sunday night football and taking care of business against what, the Steelers? I mean, this is a really good football team. And they had New England on the ropes in New England. Done. Tom Brady somehow pulled it off. We'll get to that in a bit. But I still think the most amazing story in this great day of action is how the Los Angeles Rams, we're still Los Angeles, right? The Los Angeles Rams went from the transcendent, game-changing offense, this one-of-a-kind defensive approach, which, by the way, their defense was pretty good tonight outside of one play. How everyone was trying to mimic what Sean McVay is doing, i.e. seeing the Sean McVay hiring, or excuse me, the Zach Taylor hiring in Cincinnati. Everyone wanted to find the next Sean McVay. And a year after going to the Super Bowl, they're not even in the playoffs. And I know this is kind of commonplace for the team that loses in the Super Bowl. I know that, you know, what, what's the... What's the mark for teams that end up getting to the Super Bowl and losing? They usually end up missing the playoffs to begin with. But this seems different, right? This seems different. I mean, think think about tonight's game. Tonight's game between the Rams and the Niners basically is a digestible capsule of everything that was wrong this season with the San or with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, let, let's just let's go back to the end of the first half. Let's start there. They're dominating. They're in control. The Rams have this game taken care of. I, I shouldn't say dominate, but they're moving the football. All they have to do is not turn the ball over, and they're heading into halftime with a fairly comfortable 21-17 lead. And their defense had stepped up. Their defense had played well. They're, they're in a pretty good spot, I think you would say. All you have to do is not turn the ball over. All you have to do is not make a mistake. Guess what? Goff in the shotgun. Malcolm Brown to his right. He'll take the snap from Blight. Goff back. Goff going to throw it. 
it's intercepted by Fred Warner. He will run back the other way. 15, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, the Niners had scored on their previous two possessions. They had taken what was, you know, a 14-3 early lead. They cut it to 14-10. to 10. The Rams responded with a nice drive, and San Francisco scored again. So you're, you're 21-17, but you've been moving the ball on them consistently. All you have to do with, what, 46 seconds left in the first half is not make a mistake. And Goff throws a pick six. Backbreaker. Now, uh, again, San Francisco really didn't do much with that momentum to start the second half. But guess what? The Rams weren't able to either. And suddenly the team that was everyone's pick to go back to the Super Bowl, the head coach that everyone emulated, the head coach that everyone wanted, they're missing the playoffs for the first time in, in what we thought was going to be a run of consistency out of the Rams. I mean, they've, they've punted on draft picks for quite a while to build up this team and put them in a win-now situation. But obviously, that's not where the conversation is necessarily tonight, just on, hey, they missed the playoffs. The conversation from this game is on one play and one play only. And it probably is, again, if the interception at the end of the first half didn't kind of capsulize the entire season for the, San, uh, for the Los Angeles Rams, then what happened late definitely did. How about this stat? San Francisco becomes the third team in 2000 to convert on two third downs with 16 or more yards to go on the same drive. The Eagles did it in 2014. The Steelers did it in 2002. I I mean, the Rams were so confident they were getting the ball back, they called a timeout. It's like, oh, you know, we got this taken care of. You're looking at a third and forever right now. They were – I mean, the pressure that the Rams were able to get on Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he was sacked more times tonight than he had been all season long. And and what happens? Jalen Ramsey doesn't have the safety help. A huge mistake, a fundamental mistake. And the 49ers hit on a monster pass play to Emmanuel Sanders of 46 yards. And it basically ends the game. Because Robbie Gold is not like that dude that they picked up off the street that shanked a field goal into the walkway whenever they lost to the Seahawks earlier this year. I mean, I'm still trying to come to grips with how on third and 16, third and 16, you lose a guy as badly as the Rams did. I mean, they had him at third and 16 from their own 19-yard line. I, If you're a Rams fan, you have to be enraged with not just the way this season has gone, but the way this went down tonight, because, listen, the playoff hopes were slim to begin with. They they weren't in a good spot to potentially make the playoffs. They weren't. I mean, it was going to take a miraculous implosion by either the Vikings or the, the Niners, I guess. But, no, you, you weren't making the playoffs. But it, it kind of maybe could get a little bit of a Falcons feel to you. In other words, play well down the stretch, win a few games. And they made a fundamental mistake. That was as, I don't know, as ridiculous as anything I've seen. Here's Jalen Ramsey afterwards. He was in a form of two-man. Uh, we had an adjustment check to it. 
because uh, they was condensed splits. Um, I played my technique, trusting that he was going to be over top. He went. That's what happened. Always uh, like Ben Maller saying that the better story is in the losing locker room. I think that's definitely the case with this late game. So the Niners can either finish, if I understand the seedings correctly, what, first or sixth? I mean, that's that's how tight it is right now in the NFC. They could either end up with home field advantage or they could end up on the road for a first-round playoff game. Next week in Seattle is going to be crazy if the Seahawks take care of business today. So Rams fan, I get it. I'm, I, I, I don't know what to tell you except, wow, I don't know where this came from. Is this a situation where we overvalued a Jared Goff? Is this a situation where Todd Gurley's just not what we thought he was? Or Sean McVay? You know, Jeff Schwartz, whom you hear on here quite a bit on Fox Sports Radio, sitting in with Jason Martin on you know, when they sit in for, for Clay Travis. But I, his claim is that he thinks Sean McVay was slow to adjust this year and that they didn't adjust until almost it was too late. I don't know how that's possible, Jeff, because everything I hear is this dude's a genius and he's next level. But is this a, is this a product of figuring someone out? Is this what's happened with Sean McVay's offense? It makes no sense that they could be this bad. And, oh, by the way, in all of this, kudos to the Niners, who played like dog tonight. I mean, they played like garbage. Niner fan, I'm not dogging you. You know it. You lived it. You saw it. And they still came away with a win. I'm telling you right now, they've got a great chance to come out of the NFC. And – I think it might be worth a debate as we go to a break. Maybe the Niners have played in the four best games we've had so far this season. Their game against the Seahawks was sensational on Monday night. Their matchup against the Ravens was incredible. Their shootout with the Saints was something else. And that was fun tonight. I mean, as much as we can dog the Rams for coming up short, it was still a heck of a football game, especially if you like defense. So, that's a lot on the Niners and the Rams. When we come back, what did we learn from the Bills' gutsy effort against the Patriots and then the early game, which was Jameis Winston really making Buccaneer fans feel pretty good about that ringing endorsement he got that he was coming back in 2020. He celebrated by throwing four picks, y'all, four. But it was a great day of the NFL. If you want to get in and talk about it, let's do it. 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Do we bury, bury Jared Goff as a starter? Do we bury Sean McVay as a genius? What went wrong for the Rams? What went right for the Patriots? We'll talk about next on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. In for Jason Martin, I'm Chris Plank. You can follow me on Plank Show. Wait, did I say that right? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Plank Show, all one word. Though all I really do is is retweet things like when I'm on and tweet about podcasts. I've become a ridiculous crime podcast fan. And it's kind of consumed my life a little bit. I mean, my my kids were actually having a conversation with me today, and I was finishing up to live and die in L.A., and I literally have no idea what they said. I was like, what? Daddy's got his AirPods in. And that's not a humble brag to have AirPods. They were free. But, yeah, uh, so follow me. We'll uh, interact tonight. You guys already have some great stuff rolling in, like uh, Tony, who checked in at Plank Show. I watched Saturday Night Live. I watched the first show, watched for the next 20 years, but haven't watched in quite a while. I think George Carlin was the host. He was 17, had an older brother who said I should watch it. It's going to be bleeping funny. Yeah, it's kind of how it was for me. I mean, it's going to sound wild for all of you youngsters that are listening, but uh, well before YouTube, well before the intrawebs, trying to find highlights was always a battle. You had to count on one of your buddies that maybe had taped it. So, you know, I, I would always count on, say, uh, I was a, from a very small town. My buddy Wayne Phelps or Max Watson from like eighth grade. Hey, did you guys tape Saturday Night Live? Because we need to watch it. I heard Vanilla Ice was the musical guest. Shows you my age a little bit. But yeah, I was good, man. I, I I loved it. I had so much fun. It was, again, it was like you you were a child again. All right, get back to sports guy. Got you here. Uh, JM checks in. Follow the money, guys. The players that we invested in outside of AD, the players that we invested our future in, only for them to S the bed this season. The L.A. Rams and our genius head coach got humbled and have to have a good look at themselves this offseason. And here's what's wild. I don't know why I yelled that. They don't have the draft capital to go out and fix things with youth. They're going to have to make some moves. I mean, they gave up a first-round pick, a couple of them for Jalen Ramsey. They gave up. First-round picks galore to get guys to move up, to shift around in the draft. So, I mean, give them credit for being aggressive, but ooh. Uh, here's a good reaction. Uh, here's my thoughts on the Los Angeles Rams. This is from Danny. They aren't good. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Now, again, I have another two hours and 34 minutes to fill tonight, but you did kind of hit it on the head. I mean, we, we could leave it at that if we wanted to. Uh, and then, wait, Tom Brady wants a cheetah? At Tea Party Trumper, that's a. I bet you're popular on uh, on some political conversations there. Laker and ex USC fans corrupted the Rams to make them a dumpster fire. Oh, got ourselves a good old fashioned blame a fan base. I like it. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't know, man. It's 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 always interesting whenever we crown someone and it doesn't work out in the way that we projected it. And I mean the royal way. I'm not just like saying me or anyone else in the network. I'm just saying when you fall in love with something in sports, we tend to be rather slow to admit fault, which is so weird to me because I, I, I guess I don't understand why so many people are giving this caveat to Lamar Jackson's success, which we'll talk about later. But with the Rams, there's there's really not a lot of that either. There's not a lot of people that you hear saying, oh, well, you know, I, I might have been off on the Rams, but I think they're going to be back. There, there's, there's a lot of people that are projecting doom. I mean, wait, Phillips doesn't have a contract after this year. Their defense hasn't been good despite having one of the best defensive lines in the NFL and maybe one of the more transcendent defensive players in, I don't want to get too carried away here, but in NFL history with Aaron Donald. It's just a weird situation in Los Angeles. You know what's not a weird situation, though, is how good that Patriots game was against the Bills today. Before we check in with diehard Bills fan Eric Roberts, this was the play that saved the day for the Pats. Singletary to the left of Allen from the near hash mark. Takes the snap. A blitzer coming. Allen backs up. He throws off the back foot. High toward the end zone. Jackson is there with Beasley. Oh, knocked away incomplete. Defense. What a defensive stand right there. That's uh, the New England Patriots radio network. I couldn't tell. I don't know if you could catch that or not. But, yeah, that's Scott Zolak who uh, might have a little bit more energy than me. But I I know there's no such thing. It's like a good loss, right? I mean, it, there's no such thing where you say, oh, man, that's not a bad loss. A loss is a loss this late in the season. But you're in the playoffs. You played well. I mean, Josh Allen wasn't great consistently tonight, but he was when he needed to be. Uh, give the Patriots some credit. You, what, your center went down as well too late in the game? So I don't know. E-Rob, I'm not, I'm not too down after tonight. How about you? No, I'm definitely glass half full at the, at the moment. And even watching the game, um, it's, it's definitely a different scenario. I've never really been in going into a game this late in the season and being like, you know, a win would be really nice, but a loss isn't going to eliminate eliminate us from the playoffs. So I haven't been able to experience that too many times in my life. So it wasn't as stressful as it has been in the past, that's for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, like you said, moral victories aren't victories. And, you know, you got to win them and you lose them. Um, but, you know, figure both both games, the Bills ended the game with a play in the end zone. That could have gone either way. I mean, the first time when they played him in Buffalo, Josh Allen went down. It was Matt Barkley leading a, a possibly game-tying drive. Uh, this time we got Josh Allen, and there was a lot of what-ifs in that scenario. Like, what if Josh was still in the game at that point? Well, we got him in the game, and, you know, he made a play. But when it comes down to Cole Beasley being your jump ball guy, you're probably going to have a problem. So <laughs> I didn't even think of that. But, again, at least he threw it up to make a play. And he got right? a, and I, I watched the replay. Deion Dawkins fell on the fourth down play to, to possibly tie the game. He fell, like, literally off uh, the snap. So, if you watch that play, the, the rush comes from the left. Deion Dawkins fell. Josh Allen never had a shot. And he still found a way to get the ball to the end zone and give Cole Beasley at least half a chance to get up and over the defender. So, well, you know, it's a lot of what-ifs. But, hey, yeah, like you said, they're locked into a fifth seed, I believe, in the playoffs. So, a lot better than years past. You know what I will say, though? It, it's a lot better than what I deal with with my team because Derek Carr would have thrown it away to avoid a sack on fourth you know, down, right? Yeah. Right, Raider fan? Yeah. I was talking to my fiance's dad while I was watching the end of the game, the final two minutes, and it's like this is in the years past, Bill's teams in the past, this would have been a turnover game over. I mean, it's a lot It's a lot different from, you know, 
the JP Lossmans and the, you know the, ah. throwing them up and it's like you're it, you're kind of in it but then there's a turnover late in the game or Nathan Peterman it or you know something like that at least the ball's going to the end zone um, in these moments I, I guess for me too and and I've I fancy myself Eric you know this kind of a draft dork I'm not a scout guy I'm just really at the core of it I just like mock drafts I think is what it is I guess even though I knew how much of a difference Josh Allen can make with his feet. I guess it never really registered until I s- saw him in some dire situations over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's he's got escapability, man. Even the, even the that touchdown pass to John Brown, like yeah. you know, John Brown put Stephon Gilmore in on skates. You know, probably a top defensive player in the league. But Josh Allen scrambled and made that run on the throw, put it right in his chest. Um, it'd be cool if we could do four quarters of that instead of, you know, <laughs> two or three, um, because I think what do you have 19 passing yeah. yards through most of the first half. So, um, he's, he's definitely still a work in progress, but he's light and day different than hell. The first time he played the Patriots, he threw four interceptions, I think yeah. five interceptions, something like that. So he's, he's learning. Those- he's, lo- he's, he's better in the fourth quarter. Like I said, the, these late games are when bills would lose it themselves. And he's one of the best QBs in the fourth quarter. In the league, so I'm I'm happy for you, man. Hey, by the way, great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15 percent or more on car insurance. Go to Geico.com and see how much you could save. We'll have more on the bills. I want to get more of your take on this season too, Eric, because we haven't had a chance to talk in a while. And I don't know, are the Kings ever going to be good again in hockey? Are we allowed to fit in a hockey segment, or is that frowned upon? I don't around think everybody's here? asleep. Uh, okay. No problem. Not. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait till next hour, and we'll do it. Uh, but right now. Brian's in the house, getting us caught up on everything. As you mentioned, we had some late games on the West Coast for the college hoops. But uh, where are we starting tonight, Brian? Let's start at the line of scrimmage at the NFL. And a year after the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, they will be relegated to being spectators this postseason after a 34-31 loss to the 49ers. After the game, L.A. quarterback Jared Goff flustered and sulking. You never envision something like this when you when you start the year, and um, it's it's not even you know you know close to the standard that we want to hold, and it's it's you know like Sean said, it's sickening. San Francisco with a win next week against Seattle would not only claim the division but would also grab that number one overall seed. The Patriots hoist the AFC East crown for the 11th straight year after New England scored 11 straight points to haunt the Bills 24-17. Buffalo with the loss does clinch the fifth seed in the NFC playoff picture. The Texans secure the AFC South title for a second straight year as the Bucks self-destruct behind four Jameis Winston interceptions in a 23-20 win for Houston. In college football, 20th-ranked Appalachian State downs UAB to claim the New Orleans Bowl. The Mountaineers with a plush 30, or excuse me, 13 win season. Washington petrifies number 19 Boise State 38-7 in the Las Vegas Bowl. Hugh Freeze resurrecting his career, leading Liberty over Georgia Southern 23-16 to win the Cure Bowl. This is Liberty's first year at the Division 1A level, and they win their first bowl game in their first year at the D1 level. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Chris Plake at the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man, along with Chris Perfett and Eric Roberts. You're Brian Finley. I'm Chris Plank. We're in for Jason Martin tonight, and we're talking NFL. Hey, yeah, just real quick, 
I want to read this tweet, and then you guys help me work through something here. We still owe you a little breakdown of the the Tampa Bay-Houston game. (laughs) A wild stat that Jameis Winston continued today that I heard this morning on Jason McIntyre's show, which we'll get to in just a bit. But uh, Jeremy hits us up on Twitter, and he tweets, forget college football, more NFL. Relegate college to random Wednesday nights. Okay, first of all, I I don't know if that's somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I think that's – in response to my, I kind of dig the NFL on a Saturday. And by, let's be clear. It helps when you have three really good games. You had, what, one game that finished 23-20 to 20 this morning. You had another game that finished 34-31. to 31. I mean, every game was a tight, good football game. So that kind of helps when you're saying, man, I wish we had more of this. Well, you're also not in a situation where you have like a Jaguars-Raiders game. It's just an absolute disaster. Or, no offense, Chris, like, say, a, a Lions-Raiders matchup, even though that was a pretty good game. You ended up with three really good games today. So I don't want to get too carried away and, oh, my gosh, we got to do this more often. But I, I did like it. It had a different feel to it. But here's my question. Why is it, and I, and I get this a lot when I fill in for Ben, why is it that people tend to get so angry if you bring up or try to talk a little bit about college football? I mean, I... I get it. I understand that it's somewhat regionalized. But you realize a week from tonight, we'll have the four-team playoff games in the books. I mean, we'll have our national championship game set between the winner of the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. I mean, last week, I was was up late listening to Jason last week, and he spent the whole first segment, almost the whole first hour, talking about Joe Burrow, who had won the Heisman. But, man, I feel like any time you bring up – and try to go in depth on some of these college issues, and people get hot. What do you, I don't know? And, and maybe it is the regionality. Maybe there's guys that think like Jeremy does. Ah, oh, listen, just, just stick that on a Wednesday night. I, I don't need that messing up my NFL. What? Why is that? I mean, is there an easy answer to it? Why do people seem so angry, Chris, Eric, Brian? If you and Brian, you live it because you're out in LA covering UCLA. It's just so odd sometimes. Whenever you want to talk college football and people get mad, I, I'll give you a for instance. I have a dude on our Sunday night show that every time we even bring up college football, and this is, that's what I cover. I mean, I live in a college town. I cover college football 24-7, 365. So it's kind of nice to have the outlet to where I can just come here and we can talk nothing but NFL, but I think there's college football storylines worth bringing up. And if we even mention the college game, this dude's like, all right, enough for the college. Let's go. Why do people get so angry about this? Is it a small minority? Is there some sort of chip on their shoulder from huge NFL fans? What what am I missing here? I think there's a few theories going on here. Oh, one, go ahead. Yeah, one is uh, the NFL is just it, it's so big. But I think part of it is I don't want to get too social into it, but oh. I'm kind of curious how many people like I know for my generation opinions on college is kind of changing, so you have less college loyalties kind of floating around. Oh, I that's like that's kind going. of the well. I, I think that's a small cell. I think the big thing for me is that if you're thinking about college football right now, I really think college football has just gotten stale with the names. Hmm. We this is how year however many of Alabama being and the SEC just being at the top here, and we're still even with Alabama out of the picture, we're still talking about LSU. We're still talking about Ohio State hasn't gone anywhere. Oklahoma, like how many? I, I need to go back and count again, but we're talking about the same conferences and the same teams in these college football playoffs. 
And I think people are just getting exhausted of talking about Ohio State again, Oklahoma again, the SEC again. And no matter what college football can do, we come to the same time every year in late December, and it's still those same names, those same teams sitting there. And yeah, a couple names can change every now and then, but it's never anyone outside of the Blue Bloods. And the system is set up so that nobody but those Blue Bloods is ever going to be in that driver's seat. You are never going to see someone like a UCF sitting there on New Year's Day. You're never going to see even even someone like, say, Oregon that looked fun or whatever. No one's going to be sitting there. And I think after a while, like you want to see the best players, but at the same time, People are saying, okay, what else What else do you got? What else do you got Com- coming I, down here? I could not disagree with you more, but I'm in a good mood tonight So uh, because absolutely positively nobody was talking about LSU and Joe Burrow heading no, into No, and I see season. people talking about LSU. I really do. But, but Heading for, into this season? No, but I mean in season, the one thing I saw from some of my NFL f- friends was they were talking about LSU and Joe Burrows. Sure. That was the one thing – to capture their their attention, I just think that reinforces my point that people are bored of hearing about Alabama and Ohio State over and over and over, and college football has been really in need for a little bit of some new blood. LSU provides some of that, but if LSU doesn't move on to the championship, it's going to be some of those same complaints again. Do we uh, NFL ratings dropping because the Patriots are always winning? I mean, I, I just when you say you get tired of the same teams, I've never really understood that because we don't grinch about that in the NFL, and everyone, at least the TV ratings, haven't kind of shown that. No one complained about the Niners. Well, maybe Dallas Cowboy fans did, but I don't. I, I think I, I I disagree from this front. I think this season has bucked the trend of predictability to a certain extent because you had a Utah and Oregon that were in the mix for that final playoff spot heading down the stretch. All they had to do was win, and they were both in. I think LSU has kind of bucked that trend. So maybe, to your point, we've seen a little bit of juice for it because it's unknown names. But I love the original point that you brought up more than anything else. It's kind of how maybe the views are changing of college in general, and maybe there's not that same loyalty that had been there before. Now that is a fascinating rabbit hole to kind of dive yeah, I into. I mean, like my undergrad, I, I went to an undergrad where we just didn't have a, a football program, period. Forget Division One. We didn't have a football program at all. It wasn't until I went to my, got my master's at USC where I actually had a loyalty to, you, you know, a top name program. And, you know, back home when I was growing up in Ohio, a lot of people followed Ohio State, and even if they didn't go to the universities. But, I think for a lot of other people, either the university you went to or you didn't go to a university at all, just didn't have the same kind of love for football. And unless you college sports, more than anything, unless you are born into it, unless you grow up in a household or go to a school and follow along with it, it doesn't have that same easy hook in that a professional sports does where you're just near a city and you pick up a team. Yeah, uh, regionality is very different in college than it is, I think, in, in professional sports. But it's just it's always interesting to me how people get mad. It's like, hey, it's still sports. It's still fun. I mean, are you guys just not going to watch? you going to not watch? Bo- I mean, come on, bowl games are basically there for you gambling degenerates to gamble on anyway. So good angles, good angles. Hey, uh, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, a reminder, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part figuring out which way is easier. All right, uh, Clay Travis had a really good update. Well, I, I can't say really good because it's a tragic situation. But C.J. Beathard's brother 
was was murdered last night, and it happened in Nashville. We've got an update to that story. The Niners dedicated a lot of their performance tonight to CJ, the former San Francisco 49er. And we'll tell you what we've learned next. Chris Blanken for Jason Martin on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a 500 matching bonus and a 1500 mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua I keep wanting to say it's Arnie and Plank. This is the Jason Martin Show, by God. Jason's out tonight. My name is Chris Plank filling in. Uh, we got you for the next couple of hours. Hey, next hour, we got to kick off next hour, guys, with Isaiah Thomas going into the stands. Kind of. I mean, Russell Westbrook has had a, a couple of near brawls when he goes to Utah. And uh, Isaiah Thomas simply walks into the stands to say something to a fan, and he ends up getting ejected. We're night. We've got the details, plus some bowl talk as well. All your tweets, keep them rolling in. At Plank Show, I'm at Plank Show. Make sure you all are following at Fox Sports Radio. And if you want to hear something amazing, listen to this. Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit on how much we'll match, millions of people are getting cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. And I'm kind of kind of torn here because I, I guess as I started to read up a little bit more and go more in depth after I saw Clay Travis's report, this story, this tragic story out of San Francisco, well, technically out of Nashville, but how it affects the San Francisco 49ers is just, it is heartbreaking. Clayton Bethard, who is the 22-year-old brother of Niners backup quarterback C.J. Bethard, and the grandson then, obviously, of Bobby Bethard, was fatally stabbed during a fight early Saturday morning in Nashville. He was with the team, obviously, in San Francisco whenever CJ found out the news. 
Uh, Mike Shanahan said uh, he was there for, for Kyle, or he was there for CJ. With this quote, there's nothing much you can say. You just try to hold a person to be there for him. We tried to figure out what we could do and the quickest way to get him to his family. But that was probably my first time in a situation like that. But I think it's exactly what anybody would expect. There's nothing to say. And it's as tragic and as sad of a thing that can happen. So to me, when you try to stay, uh, say stuff, you're just you're insulting the situation. It's as bad as it gets. And you just have to be there for them. And it'll be a hard deal to recover from. But he's as strong as any person I've been around. Shanahan added, by the way, when he was talking to the players in the post-game locker room, the last thing that CJ said to me when I walked out the door, he stopped me and said, make sure these guys go win the game. And, of course, the Niners did tonight, 34-31. to 31. That's part of the story. The other part of the story, and obviously there's going to be many, many more layers to this, but is how this situation is being described. The, the first kind of report said that it was an argument over a girl. And Clay Travis has kind of drilled a little deeper into that. And here's what he tweeted a couple just before we went on the air. So I'm told C.J. Beathard's brother and his friend died in an altercation. I'm told the report that C.J. Beathard's brother and his friend died in an altercation over a girl isn't very accurate. The man who committed double murder groped a girlfriend of theirs from high school. They told him to stop and defended the girl. He then stabbed them to death. I think reporting this as an altercation over a girl makes it seem like two guys got into a fight over a girl they both liked. What happened here was a girl was assaulted, two guys came to her defense, and they were murdered for it. Hopefully the murderer will be caught soon. But these guys, from what I've been told, did absolutely nothing wrong. They were innocent victims. In fact, they were doing exactly what young men are often taught to do, protect women from violence. Tragic story. I mean, you think about the timing of it, being around the holidays. I mean, what what are we doing? What are we doing? 22 years old, whole life in front of them. So, sad story. Thoughts and prayers. I mean, I, I, I know kind of what Kyle Shanahan said. Any, anytime you say something, it's almost insulting to the situation. So you just let them know you're thinking of them. You hope justice can be served here. Uh, we'll be following Clay Travis's timeline for any update. Obviously, Jason's in Nashville, too. So I'm sure he'll have more on this story coming up next week. But just an incredible, heartbreaking story out of Nashville with uh, C.J. Beathard's younger brother having his life taken from him from a dude that uh, they called out for assaulting someone, and eh, they they got killed for it. So horrible story. We'll follow this. We'll monitor it. When we come back, we've got some college football bull talk to get to. I've got tons, tons from the NFL today. But guess what? We had another player v. fan incident. We'll give you all the details next on Fox Sports Radio. Good stuff on Twitter. Keep it rolling. Chris Plank sitting in for Jason Martin tonight. Um, at Plank Show on Twitter. At Plank Show. Chris Perfett running the show on the wheels of steel. Eric Roberts lamenting the tough loss for the Bills, but still feeling good. Be Finley, Brian, on the updates. We'll have to have a, uh, we'll have to have a Pac-12 conversation later, Brian, just to kind of see how things are going. Which, by the way, a fascinating college football storyline that came up where people that in, – in I you people, the royal you, if you will – People that were starting to complain about, man, just think of Oregon would have played a 
softer schedule to start the season and, and hadn't gone out and played Auburn to start things off. Yeah. Think about it. They hadn't lost to Arizona State. They'd be there. My gosh. Uh, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right. Big story developing tonight in the National Basketball Association. And I'm happy that we have a story that doesn't involve load management conversations, a stupid in-season tournament, or how the schedule needs to change. Because you know what we're getting close to, guys. We're getting close to that time where everyone starts paying attention to the NBA, and when they finally do, they'll realize where the ratings are, and we'll spend probably most of January with several sports radio segments on how to fix the NBA. And it happens every year. But this has to do with fans. And I think this goes across all sports. And I'm not trying to get on a bully pulpit here, but just buying a ticket to the game doesn't give you a right to say anything you want. I, I, I think most of us know it. I think we get it. I think we understand it. But we continue to kind of push that line. that And that line sometimes, based either on, on alcohol or how close you are to the bench when you're yelling at said player, that line started to become more and more blurred. The latest example was in Philadelphia tonight where the Wizards, who I uh, I guess judging by their record, not very good this year, the Wizards lo- uh, lost 125 to 108. But Isaiah Thomas went into the stands. Now, not flailing, not throwing hands, but he went into the stands. The Athletic has a video that went blow by blow, and I'm not just – I mean, maybe I should maybe I should use a better description of that because there's no hands being thrown here. But it kind of takes you step by step through the process. But for those that missed it, with about 2.53 left, Thomas walks towards two fans that were seated right behind the opposing basket during a timeout. So he leaves the bench and walks underneath the backboard. He had just missed the first of two free throws, then made the second. The 76ers were up by double digits. Had he missed both free throws, fans in attendance would have received a Wendy's Frosty for free. Which, by the way, a Frosty's like a dollar. I mean, it, you're not you're not hurting yourself if you have to pay a dollar for a Frosty. And apparently that's where the issue started with these fans. We'll let Isaiah Thomas take it from here. My dad taught me at a young age, don't ever let anybody call you out of your name. And it doesn't matter where I am, that's not going to happen. So when I missed the first free throw and made the second, I'm running back and a fan has both of his middle fingers up and said, F*** you, three times. So then the timeout goes and I go in the stands to confront him. I say, don't be disrespectful, that calm. I'm a man before anything and be a fan. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a Frosty. Because if you miss two free throws, I guess the fans get a Frosty. I'm sorry, I just want a Frosty. Uh, Bill Finnegan is a fan that supplied The Athletic with a cell phone video that pretty much corroborates what Isaiah Thomas is laying out. Uh, Thomas responded, don't do that, bro. You're a fan. Don't do that. Security was there rather quickly. Um, Isaiah Thomas added, quote, 
in no way, shape, or form should that be allowed. I've been in the league for a while. The fans are going to say whatever they want. Don't ever call me out of my name because I would never do that to anybody else. I think that crossed the lines. I got kids. I got a family. That's not okay at all. So I just want to go tell them in no disrespectful way, as calm as I am right now, and those are the three things I said and that response. So I, I want to I go around the horn on this. I, I want to get everyone saying now that we all have the, I guess you could say the evidence in front of us. I guess this is part of my crime podcast background now, not as if this was a criminal incident. But Thomas also added, he goes, you know, Philly fans, uh, you know how Philly fans are. Like, that doesn't bother me. But when you say the B word, that's not okay. Because if I'm on the street, you won't ever say that if I'm right next to you. So that's not okay on any level. And I will not be disrespected like that. I would assume, I'll start with you, Chris, that Isaiah Thomas has heard much worse. I think he handled this as calmly and as coolly as he possibly could. But, I mean, this this is more about the fans. Is this more about oversensitivity on Isaiah Thomas's part? I mean, where do you point a finger in this? I I have to point it at it. I'm I'm Ooh. sorry. I don't I don't I don't buy this. I I don't think that fans should get a free pass to say whatever they want. But listen, I I'm a Pistons fan, so that means several things. One, I've seen what really happens when when someone really wants to get into it with someone in the crowd at a basketball game. You know, we've had the malice in the palace. That's correct. That's something I grew up with, and I still cherish that every day. On the other hand, too, I know when I was growing up with, you know, those Pistons, when it was Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace, like we we made it a point of pride as Pistons fans to make the Palace a very unpleasant place to play. Home field advantage, home court advantage means something. And some of that means that, you know, the, the crowd is going to be nasty. That's part of the psychology of the sport. It's the one thing you can do as a fan to support your team is to try to get into the heads of other of the opposing players, of the visiting players. I I don't I I, I that's but that's part of that's been part of basketball for a very long time. And I get it. There are certain lines you don't want to cross. You don't want to have a malice of the palace. You shouldn't be throwing stuff at guys or whatever, but Anything goes in those stands sometimes, and mm. you know you don't want to say. I, I think it's not, it's it's not sporting to really say some of the things that I, I've heard some fans say. But you should know if if you're a professional athlete, that's part of what sports are. That's part of the game. You should not only anticipate it, you should be ready for it, and you should have a thick skin for it. It's it's part of the atmosphere. It's part of how games are played. And if you're and if you are out here saying that you just don't like it or you you would treat it like you're being told if you're if, if, if I, I Isaiah's right like yeah you wouldn't want to call someone in the street but you're not being called that in the street you're being called that in a court somewhere so buck up Eric Roberts where are you point the finger on this one uh man I'm probably going it on this one too um I, I'm I, surprised by this right now um I I don't know I'm kind of in the same um, field as Chris here. I mean, I'm not giving a free, you know, free pass. You can't. There's a line. Honestly, I'd also do a lot do. worse for Frosty, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's honestly there, there's a line that you shouldn't cross. But again, home field advantage. You think you think football players aren't getting stuff yelled at them, thrown at them while they're on the sidelines? You know, I, I feel like it's. I feel like his the altercation was a little outweighed the the means. Like a double bird. You know, I mean, there's there's more, worse things that could have been said or could have been done. 
And I also feel like Isaiah was just trying to put on a little bit of a show. Like, he knows going into that crowd, he's not going to do anything. What, are you going to fight the guy, man? Right. You know? And, like, again, I'm not calling you. I'm not saying fans should have free range. No, I'm honestly, I don't think you are. I'm honestly more shocked it doesn't happen way more frequently in the NBA with how close and how, you know, these fans are right on these players, either when they're on the court, along the sidelines, or right behind the bench. At least football players, you got them in the stands. You've got this barriers. Hockey players, you literally have a shield around this, the field of play. I'm honestly surprised this doesn't happen more frequently in the NBA with, you know, fans literally being inches away from players throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah, like how many things was Spike Lee been saying to people at Knicks <laughs> games? Well, and and again, I think we're all in agreement. It That's not okay as a fan to do, right? You. There's certain repercussions that you might have to face. Listen, I'm not going to get all carried away here and say, hey, there's kids around you. I get it. There's going to be yelled. You're going to cuss at guys. It happens. But there is one thing that I've thought about more and more as we talked about this real quick before you get Brian in here, is the act, the act, what good comes from you, even if you're calm, what good comes from you walking into the stands? You turn, you go to security, or whoever's around the bench say, hey, those two guys there, uh, there's going to be a problem because they're cussing at me. They're flipping me off. I- I'm sure there is some sort of code of conduct behavior for fans in Philly. We have it in Oklahoma City. Um, but I just I-, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish going into the stands because nothing good ever really happens. Unless you're giving someone your shoes or a jersey, no good, star- no good story in sports started with, well, I was mad, so I started to walk up to the fan. It never ends well. All right, uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, so, Chris, I think the Philly fans are completely at fault here. You know, I look at their fan base as some of the biggest bullies in in sports fandom. From being, you know, a bit belligerent, obnoxious. They have a history of this. In fact, when I think it was in like 2012 in the Sixers and Bulls series, you had Joe Kim Noah with the Bulls. He, he loses his foot and he goes down with what looks like a nasty injury. And the Philly fans are cheering. They are cheering for an opponent's injury. And I just think that that is just childish. And I think in the end, you, you got to put it on the Philly fans. Hmm. Uh, there's going to be much more, I think, from this. I'm going to be fascinated, boys, to see what the NBA decides to do with this because I mean, he did get booted, right? And, and we've had an incident now uh, over the last, I don't know, year and a half, a couple of incidents that have stood out. Um, during the NBA Finals, the remember the the Warrior fan and a minority owner pushed Kyle Lowry after they had to play on the sideline. Uh, Russell Westbrook, whenever he was with Oklahoma City, had several run-ins with Utah fans, including one last year, in which the current Rockets guard claimed that there was a racially insensitive term that was used. So I, I mean, guys, it's going to be real interesting to see which side the NBA takes on this as well, too fascinating, if you will, to see which way they go. As you might imagine, real quick, one final little twist to this. C.J. Miles, who is, um, you know, it's kind of wild because I had to kind of Google up because I didn't realize that C.J. Miles was now a member of the Wizards. I mean, dude, what? how many teams has C.J. Miles been on during his career? What Are we looking at the very least six? Let's see, Cavs, Pacers, Raptors, Grizzlies. Oh, five. Oh, the Jazz, two, six. I was right. Six teams in his career. I was like, whoa, C.J. Miles is a whiz. Who knew? But C.J. Miles tweeted uh, afterwards. He's not with the team. He's out with a wrist injury. Tweeted, y'all got to chill out here disrespecting grown men and then calling them fragile for not just taking it. 
a lot of the things said would never be said if you ran into any guys on the street. Well, I mean, uh, uh, of course. Yes, you're right. <laughs> That's the same thing with Twitter. 90% of the things that you tweet at a pro athlete, you would never say to their face. I mean, and- out of everybody in the NBA, Isaiah Thomas might be the one guy that these guys might say to on the street. Just because, you know, yeah. the whole site thing. But keep yeah, going. he's a little smaller. A <laughs> little smaller guy. You might say something to him. But in, in my thoughts, you know, again, I'm not here to tell people, oh, you got to be you got to be more thick skinned. You got to I, I don't know how much they've taken. You know, maybe they finally reached a point where enough is enough. But I think you just have to be smarter how you handle it. I, again, I, I'm not in his in his shoes. I'd be really rich and I wouldn't be up at three thirty in the morning doing a radio show if I was. But I'll tell you this much. I'll go back to my original point. You know, we always joked whenever I was in, in college and whenever I was just starting my, my first job, my career, is nothing good happens after 1 a.m. And my boss always told me that. Listen, Plank, go have fun, enjoy yourself. But remember, nothing good ever happens after 1 a.m. Unless you're working. Now, this radio show is the uh, side to that. This is good stuff. But think about it. <laughs> think about things you can remember. You're like, oh, dude, and then it really kicked up when we hit the after party. No, it never really goes well. Someone ends up in a fight. Someone passes out. Never good. I think you can attach that to nothing good ever happens when you do decide that you're going to take it into your own hands and go into the stands as a player. I'm not here to preach. You know, it's not, I, I'm not here to tell guys how to handle their business. You just lay out a subset of facts, and hopefully they can learn from it. The NBA is going to – I mean, what a tough spot for the NBA and Adam Silver right now. Always kind of tabbed as a progressive owner, a player's owner, if you will. And now you're, you're dealing with a situation to where you, you're probably going to have to find your guy. You probably can have to find him. He, he he's in the right in defending himself, but that could have quickly became a Dave Chappelle show bit when keeping it real goes wrong. I mean, it, nothing good happens from it. By the way, CJ Miles had like twenty tweets on this thing, man. Thomas has been with seven teams over eight years. Said he's never quite experienced a heckle like the one that he heard Saturday night. Really? Come on. <laughs> It's like, whoa. Like, I get it, man. I, it's just, I feel like, ugh, come on. A double bird, man. Like, there's, I've heard worse on a schoolyard between, like, elementary school people walking around. <laughs> I like what Tony said on Twitter, at Tony Christo, too. Worst things happen at Little League games. You might be right. You are right. Uh, I just, again, I we could get into, uh, I don't even know if you would call it a, a debate. I think we're all kind of on the same page here. But. We could sit here and have a conversation about being a fan. And then someone will always point out, well, you know what fans short for, don't you? It's fanatic. But it's just there, there's certain lines that you don't cross. Um, but I I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I, I saw Russell Westbrook get mad at a Sixer fan that double birded him, what, two years ago. Had that classic meme where he's got a point and telling someone to go get their boy. And he's just up there, Philly fan, double burden him. There's places where you go where you might have to mentally prepare yourself. This is not going to go well. And maybe part of it, too, is just the frustration of being with a team that stinks. I mean, the Wizards stink. Maybe it finally bubbled over. I don't know. But a fascinating story tonight out of the NBA. We'll continue to keep an, keep an eye on it, see if anything develops from it. But uh, fans, they, they, they're habitual line steppers, right? But I don't know if it's smart to to decide to take business into your own hands. All right, when we come back, 
Guys, I've got a New Year's resolution that I want everybody to jump on board with with me because there's only one way that I can accomplish this, and I'm anti-New Year's resolution. I really am. But this one, I think this is a life-changing idea that I have that I think will make everyone's life better. And I'll tell you about it next on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. My New Year's resolution in moments. It'll help you too, by the way. I'm here to help everybody. First, though, want to hear something special? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit to how much will match, millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. A couple of good tweets rolling in. Larry D. checked in. I hope Isaiah Thomas knows he just gave Philly fans and other teams ammunition. He is going to be seeing the double bird in many arenas now. You never show the fans your trigger point. It only gives them fuel. Yeah, I don't – and I, I know that some people are saying, well, the fans, I mean, aren't they going to be banned? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm willing to bet there was much worse things said in the stands tonight than what those dudes did. And I'm not here defending them, but I don't think they will be. Uh, Tony writes, I wouldn't think twice about double birding the opponent's bench as a teenager or as a young adult. Took a few years for my filter to kick in. I think I played better after learning to control myself, but it wasn't as much fun. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. I, uh, I was at an event what is tonight now Saturdays into Sunday I was at an event on Friday night and it was uh I don't know it was just around friends that I was comfortable with so it's just like you're spraying bombs like crazy f-bombs bs mf you're like 
I'm on the radio now. I got to kind of think a little. You got that filter's got to kick back in, right? So maybe what Tony's talking about is you have that filter, but still every now and then you get mad. And what can set someone off more than not getting a free frosty? By the way, too, I want to point out the free frosty they usually give you, which, by the way, huge fan, get the large fry, dip the fry in the frosty, your life has changed. It's usually one of the really, really small ones. It's like the junior one. So, I mean, come on, guys. Still, though, I, I think the big story here is what the NBA does and how quickly they act. Can't have your guys going into, stand, into the stands. I think that's why Scott Brooks was really slow to comment on it. Number one, he's always going to have his guys back. But I think number two, he has, he's a former player. He knows there's nothing good that can come of this. All right, gentlemen, New Year's resolution 2020. I don't do this very often. In fact, uh, I don't think I've really set a New Year's resolution because to me, the whole idea that flipping the page on a calendar is suddenly going to change you as a person or something that you do seems a little bit short-sighted. Now, again, again, if it's a way to motivate you, and what what's the what's the saying, Chris? It takes like 14 days or 15 days to create a habit. Like if it's exercise, I think it might be longer than that. 19 days, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is to help you, the royal you, I'm fine with it. I'm not crapping all over it. It's just never been a thing for me. But I've got a New Year's resolution, guys, that I think is going to help out everyone. I have decided that from here to four, as a diehard Twitter user, as someone who probably considers Twitter my main source of information, I shall no longer ever click and figure out why an athlete or my favorite rapper is trending. Done with it. I've seen more than I ever wanted to of Steph Curry, allegedly, DaBaby, somehow Logan Paul ended up. I mean, usually, I mean, Chris, you use Twitter a lot. When you see an athlete's name trending, back in the day, you're like, oh my gosh, something's happened. He may, he may have passed. He may have got hurt, right? Isn't that usually when you see guys' names trending? Yeah, I, it's funny because I've been using TweetDeck for a while. Oh, so, so you like, don't worry about it. I don't have to look at trending. At, I, I probably should be paying attention to trending for some no. of what I'm doing. On the, no, you shouldn't. But, okay. Never do it. Eric, do you use Twitter on your phone? I do. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of like a how the sausage is made kind of thing or don't Thank make your you. heroes. It's, it's right. usually bad. People, yeah, bad stuff is what trends. Good stuff, it's you got you to gotta kind of find it. You, you know what the greatest thing that happened tonight was? Eddie Murphy was on Saturday Night Live. And you know what was great about it? It was funny. I laughed. I laughed so hard, I woke my family up. I didn't get my nap in because I was laughing. But you know what the top two t- trending topics are right now? Logan Paul and a baby. You don't want to know why. You don't want to know why. So, New Year's resolution. Maybe I need to use TweetDeck. Is that what I should be doing, you think, Chris? Should I just retire from the desktop version of Twitter.com? Should I just go with TweetDeck? Oh, if you're on a desktop, you actually should be using. You absolutely should be using okay. TweetDeck because I just I don't like the base one at all. It updates mm. your timeline all the time. in real time, so I like that. But most of all, yeah, I don't. Mm. It, it basically means that little bar over to the side that says, "Hey, here's what's trending." I right. never see that. So, well, you, you know. are. Uh, well, you're you're missing out on more of Steph Curry than you would ever want to see. Number one, 
Um, some unfortunate news about a guy named Logan Paul, who I'm not really sure who he is. He's like a YouTube guy. Ah. Oh, yeah. Um, we found out that Camilla was a racist this week on Twitter. That was another thing that I clicked on that kind of threw me off a little bit. There was a – oh, uh, ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Dave Portnoy. I mean, for goodness sakes, these people are trending for all the wrong reasons. Twitter, stop it. Last thing I need to see is when I see Steph, Steph Curry. Wholesome Steph Curry. He's trending. Oh, no. Is he okay? Oh, no. I mean, there's no filter there. No one's there to save me and say, Plank, look out. This might be something that scars you for life. Did you like the defense, by the way, Eric, that the uh, Golden State Warriors slash Steph Curry went with? The it wasn't me defense? <laughs> that's pretty fantastic, right? No, that's not me. I mean, personally, if I was Steph Curry, I'd be like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's, uh, you just go with it. Do you think Draymond Green texted him? <laughs> it's a trend at this point. Yeah, it really is. So uh, I'm, just, I'm just warning you. I'm warning you. If you and, and, and again, not just on your desktop, but on your phone too. If you see an athlete trending your favorite artists just it's okay not to click on it don't new year's resolution never clicking on a name that's trending ever again and i think it will save me from seeing more than i ever wanted to all right as we come to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios i'll need your guys help in making sure i don't do this brian's got us uh, an update on everything that's going on in the world of sports or was going on and will be going on what's going on brian hey what's going on chris robbie gold inducing heart palpitations in rams fans nelson will snap it wisnowski has it down robbie gold the 49ers knock out the rams the 49ers win it 34 to 31 A very hyper Greg Papa on the call with the 49ers radio network. Jared Goff, the Rams quarterback, after the game, after comprehending that this loss eliminates his team from the playoffs, said, quote, you never envisioned something like this when you start the year. It's not even close to the standard that we want to hold. It's sickening. The Patriots doom the Bills 24-17. That is 11 straight AFC East crowns for New England. Buffalo clinches the fifth seed in the AFC. The Texans coronated as AFC South title holders for a second straight year as they rise above the Bucks 23-20. Jameis Winston puking up four interceptions. Some final games to finish out Saturday's NBA schedule. The Clippers body bag the Spurs 134-109. Kawhi Leonard nearly a triple-double. 26 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, had 5 dunks. The Clips as a team had 20 slam dunks. James Harden 47 points as the Rockets get that jet fuel that jet fuel and get past the Suns 139-125. The Trailblazers down the T-Wolves 113-106. Hassan Whiteside Seven blocks, and he said, quote, after the game, I feel like I'm the best rim protector, and it's not even close. Portland, four straight wins. Minnesota, 10 losses in a row. As we send it back to Chris Plank in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Good stuff. Uh, you know, it is it is a little bit of a unique night in sports because we did have so many of the Friday, uh, Friday, what am I saying? So many of the Saturday football games in the National Football League. So uh, it's... And you had three really good games. I mean, you could you could argue that from an NFL perspective, one of the best days of games that we've had so far. But uh, Finley will keep an eye on everything for us tonight as we roll on from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy 
to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part is figuring out which way is easier. Hey, in our final hour, which, by the way, is getting here rather quickly. This show flies by. Uh, In our final hour, I want to kick off talking about the hot seat, the coach's hot seat, because the college ranks had as meh of a a, kind of a coaching turnover as you could have it. Yeah, there was a USC ended up not having a vacancy, and then they had a recruiting class that was ranked lower than Appalachian State. Um, But they did secure their offensive coordinator for a while, so they kept him away from Texas. But, I I mean, I don't know if we're due for a surprise in the National Football League, but I want to talk about it coming up in about 20 minutes from now. But first, Twitter's been good, man. Uh, As long as you don't click on the trending topics, Twitter has been good. Uh, A few more tweets on this whole saga because to me honestly I and by the way I, I don't want to turn this into a fan relationship with athletes slash I bought my ticket kind of a show tonight I, I think we all understand there's certain lines you don't cross we can debate whether or not these guys cross the line um, we'll have people calling uh, Isaiah Thomas soft because he let that get to him and who knows how the NBA will act but I, I did kind of like this from uh, Tony he writes you're definitely right. These guys are pro, and by now they must have seen it all. Is it that hard to use a little restraint? That to me is the most confusing thing in this whole Isaiah Thomas saga. I mean, can you even imagine how much this guy has has heard throughout his career? I let, let's go back even further. I mean, he he played in Boston, right? Where you go on the road with the Celtics and they were good. Everyone hated him. And, I, and, and, again, I understand that he went through an incredibly tragic situation, but he was a dude that was tearing teams up. I mean, some thought he was an MVP candidate, right? And then he had the hip injury, and the rest is kind of history. But you just – I have a hard time thinking that that is what triggered him. But I, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know what might be going on. The frustration over being on a bad team might have might have done it. I don't know. But double bird seems – oof. It seems it seems to be something. If that's what's setting you off, then there there might be some deeper rooted issues. Uh, here's a quick one from Jim, who writes: Definitely think he's going to be fine. NFL cannot stand for guys going into the stands. Um, Adam Silver has been very player friendly. I mean it. It's it's almost uh, to some people and for some people nauseating at times. But I think the NBA has to discipline him. And I say that knowing that the fans double-birded him and saying that they dropped the bomb on him. But I just, again, I feel like a broken record. I'll move on from it. But I just, I don't think that anything is going to come positive from going into the stands at all. I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand more as we get into this. What's your end goal? You know, what's his, what's his hope? You think those guys are like, yes, sir, I am very sorry. That's not, no. And is that going to make you feel better about things? I don't think so. Uh, We were talking about the uh, college game versus the NFL game a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, Terry checked in. Spot on with college football, Chris. It's a great game, great spectacle. Parity and salary cap is the worst thing that affects football. NFL team player loyalty is terrible, makes following a team hard at times. That's just professional sports in general. I mean, it now it 
the rarity is a guy that spends his whole career with one team anymore. And I, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't mind parity too much. I, I think it's great. Turnover in the NFL. But I want to get into that when we come back. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Terry, because you agreed with me, and I like that. But I kind of dig the, the constant turnover in the National Football League. And Van Comer writes, I love the NFL and sports in general. But an autumn Saturday with dozens of football games on TV from morning till night is regularly the pinnacle of my sports year. And it happens for weeks on end, and even including March Madness, I don't know how those days can be beaten. I mean, think about it. I mean, a, a college football Saturday starts at noon Eastern. And it's typically not done until what? One in the morning on the East Coast. If you're watching the the Pac-12 after dark games, it's great. It's great, and you get every game. I mean, you, college. If there is one thing, and of course we got big news on the TV right side of things, I, w- I won't bore you guys with that because I could talk about that all night long. But I mean, you basically have with what Fox did this year. You have creative ways in which they're trying to generate more viewers and in, in how they're trying to, to amp up not just their pregame show, but their overall viewership. Hey, we're going to put our biggest games at noon. Well, but that's not how it is. Okay, great. Well, we're doing it. The SEC, moving from CBS, you know what the big time slot is for the longest time with the SEC? It's not primetime. There's only two games that the SEC picks a year for primetime. The big start time in the SEC, and you all know this, 3.30, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. That's SEC football, y'all. I mean, if, the, if ESPN happens to purchase that package, put it on ABC, are they going to stay true to that? No, they, their big games are always in prime time. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. But I'm with you, Van Coma. You, you, you can sit and you can watch all day long. And you know what? The NFL is getting close to kind of mastering that, with uh, when, especially when we have the games in England. Boy, that those NFL Sundays where you could start at 8.30 in the morning Central Time, 9.30 Eastern, and you're just watching football until close to 11 o'clock at night. Man, they're fantastic. You got to move west, dude. I got to move west, right? It's a little tough in the morning, but it's 10 a.m. to 8.30, 9 p.m. every Sunday on the west. Yeah, but there is something that always makes you feel kind of cool whenever you stayed up late for a game. I mean, I know that that doesn't really affect me. I know that resonates not very deeply with people that are still awake at this time. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But for instance, like when Washington and Cal play this year, I just got back from working a game. It's like, oh, this game's just starting. You feel kind of cool when you're tweeting about a game that's on at 2 in the morning central time. I but. do think about it sometimes when I'm on Sunday mornings. Usually it's <laughs> like, man, it's. They get like they can go out, do some errands, have breakfast on the East Coast before even yeah. the first game's done. I mean, I'm envious of the 1 p.m. start time, and mainly a lot of reasons for fantasy football. Yeah, I have to like you, you know gotta get up the, early, man. You, know, you figure we're out of here at 3 a.m. Pacific, or I am at least this shift, mm-hmm. and roll over, try to set a fantasy lineup, but with one eye open at 9:50. <laughs> Good luck yeah, with that. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've started Tevin Coleman the last two weeks, not realizing that he wasn't the go-to guy anymore for the Niners, so um, I didn't really do a good job <laughs> keeping up on my roster. Stupid Tevin Coleman. Uh, all right, well, hey, listen, June, when I fill in for J-Mart in June, if it happens, we're having a time zone ranking conversation for every sport because we'll have plenty of time. Hey, we'll have plenty of segments to fill in June, Eric. True. But, True. yeah, that that's what – mark that down. Put that in the topic box. For when I It'll get a fall into all the East Coasters yeah. pumping up the East Coast. For some reason, everybody loves the East Coast, except for people not in the East Coast. Do, so it's just, 
Do you know who loves the the Pacific time zone the most right now are, are people th that are awake because it's only 1.40 <laughs> yeah. in the morning. You get a couple more drinks in. <laughs> you got time. I mean, you got 20 minutes before the bars close. All right. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, uh, this is an interesting time on a Sunday morning because for some reason, and Chris Perfett and I have never been able to figure it out, for some reason, tons of injury information tends to drop around this time from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and other NFL insiders. We have an update on a huge potential fantasy championship game swing and playoff possibility. A player who we thought might be good to go isn't. And we'll give you the details next on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earned at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. All right. So <laughs> I got really triggered this week and I'm going to save it to kick off next hour. But uh, Eric, you're a Lakers fan, right? Uh, Not so. Okay. I was trying to remember. I know that Bobo is, and we've had many Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I basketball was never really my sport, and I kind of gotcha. just adopted it just because I worked here and it's on TV gotcha. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to have a Magic Johnson conversation when we come back next hour. I, I, I'm, an, I'm a football guy. That's my bread and butter. I love it. I live it. I watch every game I possibly can. And I'll sit here at uh, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 1.30 Pacific today, thinking that the Raiders can beat the Chargers and still find a way into the playoffs. Because at my core, I'm a dumb fan. But, but, 
I am fascinated with what Magic Johnson is trying to accomplish. We'll talk about it coming up here in just a bit. But let me pay off my tease, which is something that my ADD rarely allows me to do. So here we go. Uh, Chris, have you ever been able to pin down why like 3.30 in the morning central time is when this news tends to come out on I'm, NFL injuries? I'm assuming there's some sort of uh, – embargo is not the right word I'm looking for, uh. but there's some sort of like bar – that's like you're not allowed to report on this until gotcha. the the embargo lifts at X hour or whatever. It's it's like with, you know, there's always that time when when uh, movie reviews or television reviews. There's suddenly like, it's like you're you're not allowed to talk about it until this date or something. And all of a gotcha. sudden, you start to see people. It used to be the reviews would start to come out. Instead, it would be now people just start talking about it on Twitter. I'm assuming it's the same thing. Well, I'm assuming there's the same thing that makes them like, hey, insiders over here in Rappaport, uh, Adam Schefter, you cannot release this information until four in the morning Eastern. So is it possible that like Ian's up early listening to us? Hey, Ian, call the show. Oh, he has these things scheduled. He probably has these things five. scheduled just ready oh. to go. He could be up, but at the same time, you can schedule your tweets on uh, TweetDeck. Ronnie Stanley has cleared a concussion protocol for the Ravens. So Baltimore... We'll have Stanley back for their showdown today, uh, today against the Cleveland Browns. Arizona wide receiver Christian Kirk is expected to go against the Seahawks today. He had originally been listed as questionable. Now, again, I know a lot of these aren't about playoff possibilities. A lot of these more about fantasy possibilities, which is why when I give you this update, you know it's all about fantasy. Uh, Panthers wide receiver Curtis Samuel is listed as questionable, but he is expected to play against the Colts today for Carolina. DJ Chalk, who didn't play for the Jaguars last weekend in their win over the Raiders, is expected to play against the Falcons. While, Chris, we may have to get into this a little bit next hour. Carryon Johnson may not start, but he's expected to get carries along with both Scarborough today. For the Lions, interesting story developing there. And then in the two, I guess you could say, bigger games of the day, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Nelson Aguilar is not expected to play today against the Cowboys. If Dallas wins, they win the NFC East, and they're headed towards the playoffs. If Philly wins, then obviously the Cowboys kind of lose control of, of their own destiny. And the Titans need a win today to stay alive in the AFC playoff picture, not allow the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to potentially clinch. Because if I understand it correctly, if the Titans lose and the Steelers win, uh, the Steelers are in. But the Titans will be without Derrick Henry. According to a report from Adam Schefter just moments ago, the Titans' standout running back was downgraded to questionable on Saturday with a hamstring injury, and now as they get set for the Saints today, he's not expected to play. Ouch. So there you have it. Well, actually, you know what? The Titans still would have an opportunity. They could lose this week to the Saints, and then if uh, if they can beat the Texans the following week, they could still end up sliding into the playoffs at 9-7 and seven over the Steelers. So they might need a little help there. But, I mean, heck, the, the Raiders and the Browns are technically still alive. How about this? 
the Titans lose their last two, and the Steelers lose their last two, and the Browns lose one of their last two, and the Raiders win their last two games, playoff bound, baby. Bring on Buffalo. All right, we're talking Magic Johnson next, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour, yes. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, which are brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Two quick NBA topics before we get rolling. Uh, Of course, there has been a lot of talk tonight about Isaiah Thomas deciding to go have a one-on-one conversation with two dudes in the stands. Okay. Uh, But here's (laughs) – I just think sometimes we just are so – Dumb's not the word, but gullible as sports fans. I I saw someone tweet, boy, just good, solid move by Isaiah Thomas to handle that in a calm, cool, and collected way. I thought to myself, what? Don't go into the stands. It's not that hard. If you're jogging back to the locker room like Russell Westbrook was and someone grabs you or drops a bomb on you, that's one thing. When you're like, when your team's in the middle of a timeout, yeah, I'm going to go over here and have a conversation with these guys. What are you doing? you got security all around you. Send someone else to do it. The NBA won't find him. I, I, I've done a 180 on this now. I mean, it, I'm not saying that they encourage. They don't want to encourage it. But, my man, don't. Nothing good happens. The analogy I gave last hour. One of my friends, hey, Chris, you know, be careful. Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. Nothing good. There's never a great story that started with, and then the angry player went into the stands to talk to the fan. It never ends well. We're lucky this one happened to. Um, by the way, uh, is it okay to get a little triggered at 4 in the morning or not? 2 a.m. Pacific time, 5 a.m. on the East Coast. Because... Sticking with the NBA, and, and I, don't, I, I guess I don't get this, and I'm always real careful about this because as I have learned, oh, and by the way, I wear my allegiances on my sleeve. I always crack up whenever you have guys that say things like, well, I, I used to be a fan of a team, and then when I got in the media, I stopped being, what? That's why we're here, yo. What do you mean you don't root for people? It's part of the fun. So I, I'm a lifelong Laker fan. I lived through the Sedell Three era. I lived through Sed Sabalos whom I love, by the way. I lived through Carlos Boozer being the off-season acquisition that was going to change everything. Seriously, I had guys calling and yelling at me about that. I lived through Kobe and Shaq, and even late in the storm in Norman Nixon era. But there's been one constant with the Lakers from about day one, and Laker fans are very protective of him, and I understand why. And that's Magic Johnson. Now, I, again, like I've said many times, not an NBA guy until after the first of the year, have a firm, deep-rooted belief that the NBA shouldn't start its season until Jan 1. Or actually, you know, make Christmas your opening day. Merry Christmas. It's opening day of the NBA season. Now anymore, it's like, hey, Merry Christmas. What, they've already played like 30 games? Are you serious? Where's Tim Duncan? But I want to mention this on Magic, and again, I don't, I don't want to get anyone triggered. I don't want to get anyone mad at me. I think we've had a fun show tonight. There's not been a lot of fighting. I like it. But um, what's Magic doing? And I'm not even talking about the Bronny stuff. That 
Eric, you brought that up to me during the break, and we've already planned some of our uh, some of our hot take TV shows for the next couple of years because you know after LeBron or Bronny Jr.'s first year in the league that there's going to be conversations about is he better than his dad? Will his era surpass his father's era? You know, it's, um, come on, we could write these things. Era today. talk sounds like mid July. Era talk makes me want to retire and go work at Target. I'm not even kidding. You know, and we're doing it a lot in college football this year, and that's kind of my main beat. Bro, we're we're talking about a, a sport that's 150 years old, and we're trying to debate eras. Stop it! It's they didn't dumb. throw the ball. Like they didn't right. throw a ball in the NFL for a while, guys. Like what the? <laughs> we can't do it. Era talk. There's no clear cut sports. There's a winner and a loser. Yeah. Era talk. There's it, no clear cut anything. None. Era talk and power polls. Give me a break. I'll never forget how angry I, I called a sports talk radio show, not one of ours, whenever I was really young, because some dope's like, I'm putting up my NBA power rankings. You can change my mind. I'm like, how, how solid are you on your power rankings if a dope like me could change your mind? What are we doing? All right. I, I don't know how I got off that tangent. I told what happens is when I lay this out with Magic Johnson, it brings a lot of emotions to the surface, and I get very angry. I told you guys I get triggered by this. In the L.A. Times this week, Magic Johnson said, and I quote, this team would not be in this position without me. Or to be specific, this team would not be in the position it's in without me. This was my strategy. This is what I thought we'd be in three years. I knew we were on the right track. Everybody wanted to do it their way, but I'm good with who I am. I think people respect what I've done for the team. Uh, Magic Johnson added, and I quote, No regrets. I'm I'm not a regretful guy. The only thing I would have done differently would be to sit down with Jeannie Buss and let her know I was leaving, sit down with LeBron and let him know. Otherwise, I wouldn't have changed anything. I still would have walked away. I haven't talked with Jeannie about everything yet. We'll get together and have a meeting when there's no media. Yeah, I should have told her that I was going. Uh, just just a thought on this real quick. And by the good good reporting from the LA Times, I – I try to give proper credit to everyone, so I don't know who actually wrote the article. But here's my theory on this. Magic Johnson has a a statue out in front of the Staples Center. He's one of the greatest Lakers of all time. He's one of the greatest NBA players of all time. He was transcendent with what he was able to do. In life, I have found the people that need to tell you how responsible they are for something, how good they are at something, or usually how rich and powerful they are, aren't usually the most powerful, the most rich, the most influential people, or the most responsible. Usually if you spit if I have to spend time telling you how responsible I am for the greatness of Fox Sports Radio, then I'm probably not very responsible for it, and I'm not. But you're magic, man. What more do you need? If you're sitting here, oh, see, I, I'm trying to deep breaths. I'm still mad how he left. I really am. I think it was one of the more Bush League things I've seen in sports. I get it. You were mad. You and Rob Lowe, I'm sorry, Rob Palenka kind of had a falling out. 
Whatever, whatever took place there, I'm not going to pretend to know. I'm not going to act like an insider. But you got hurt. You got, you got your feel assert. You're up in your feels. And you hold the press conference. You go, I'm not going to be here. That's Bushley. You're Magic Johnson. Go have a conversation. And the fact that you haven't had one yet, kind of problematic in my world. But you do you, Magic. But what, what, what are you trying to accomplish here? What's the goal of saying, you know, I had a role in this. If you have a role in it, people find out. People give you the credit. People that cover the team. People that cover the league. I mean, think about this in the NFL. When when we talk about how, I don't know, maybe you look at, uh, I'll, I'll use Kansas City as an example. People give credit to the regime that was there that helped lay the groundwork, right? And then when they make moves, they bring in another general manager. There is, there is always that, hey, let's not forget what XGM did to help build the foundation, right? Every, you always give credit. Magic Johnson deserves credit for getting LeBron to L.A., right? I, I think we all agree on that. But, I mean, first of all, let's not go planting our flag and cutting down the nets at, what, 24 and 5, 24 and 6, whatever the Lakers are right now. Still a long way to go. Secondly, if you come out and say, I deserve credit, that to me sounds like you're mad that someone's not giving you credit. What do you – you walked away, man. You <laughs> you're, you're never going to be forgotten in the history of this organization and of this league. So when you say something like, the team would not be in this position it's in without me. Well, true. I mean, I don't know if Showtime would have ever happened without Magic. So at the core of that, you're right. You're 100% right. But you're also not referring to it as an organizational perspective from day one. You're talking about the moves that have been made. So, Magic, thank you for getting us LeBron James. But uh, also, boo for not finishing the Anthony Davis trade. I mean, that that's something you couldn't get done. Boo for not having the foresight to see that maybe you could put together kind of a coaching dream team, if you will, along with Frank Vogel. I just, I don't, I don't get what he wants. He helped put some things in, he helped put some things in motion. But is there anyone out there in any of the, call me out if you think I'm wrong at Plank Show. Call me out if you think I'm wrong. But I don't see anyone, and, and Eric and Chris and Brian, you guys do a lot of radio on this network. I don't see anybody when we talk about how well the Lakers seem to be meshing, and there's a long way to go in this season. It's an 82-game season. We're 30, 32 games in for some teams. But I, I, haven't, I haven't seen anyone that comes up and says, boy, hey, let's not forget what Magic did to help set the foundation. Am I wrong? Are you guys serious? Eric, do you hear anyone bring that up? Yeah, being in L.A., I'm going to say that the words associated with Maggie Johnson are not as colorful in a positive way. Yeah. So, I, again, what are you looking for here? There is – you are a – probably close to being a billionaire. I mean, the dude's made money hand over fist after, you know, kind of struggling with – I mean, post he had to retire because he contracted HIV. And yet, here's a man who has been on the forefront of changing the way in which that disease is viewed. Here's a man who uh, overcame some struggles with what? 
lost some money, didn't have a good TV show, but yet con- continues. He's done everything right in his life at times, and yet you're still needing more praise and, and, and admiration from a job you walked away from and you held a goofy-ass press conference and where you go, I ain't going to be here. I mean, I don't get it. Oh, I mean, Magic Johnson, the player, was the best thing that happened to teenage Chris Plank. Oh, he was awesome. Magic Johnson, the head coach, made me want to quit being an NBA fan. Magic Johnson, the front office executive, made me wonder what the hell he was doing. So, love it. It generates conversation. It's got me all triggered. But no, you don't deserve anymore. Hey, congrats for helping to be a critical part in bringing Magic or LeBron James to Los Angeles. Huge, right? At least we think so. But we could also argue that you know, Magic leaking that he was having meetings with Kawhi Leonard could have been part of the problem that helped separate the Clippers from the Lakers at the core of this with as secretive as Kawhi Leonard was during this process. When that came out, and Magic's like, yeah, you know, I'm supposed to meet with him. I'm like, shut up. What are you doing? Don't get it. Don't get it at all. The loudest person claiming that they are responsible for doing something or need credit for doing something usually are the people that did the least. The person that tells you how incredibly successful they are usually aren't. Because guess what? Those people who have put in the hard work, those people who have put in the the, the grunt work, if you will, those who make the most money, Usually don't have to brag about it because guess what? You already know. I can't feel better. Now. I wanted to talk about coaching changes, guys. I wanted to talk about Black Monday, right? I, I, I Blame you, Eric, because you brought up the Bronny <laughs> James comment that he made and got me all fired up about this. Seriously, do, do you think suddenly the narrative is going to change and anyone's going to read that and go, well, you know, Magic did, you know, he did that, that, that one thing where he actually he didn't really, I mean, and it probably it probably says a lot more down to Magic's core. He, I mean, he's definitely a, a people person, and he, you know, he's probably locked in sure. with his personal image more than I mean, many many people in the world. And he probably understands that. Dang, I, I left the Lakers high and dry in a lot of places, probably a little worse than when I found him. Um, and he probably understands that. Like, hey, my legacy is now scarred in a way because people nowadays these kids don't remember Magic Johnson the no. player, like you know, like you said, teenage plank. They remember, hey, this is the guy that screwed us and then bailed. Right. You know, like there's a whole wave of Lakers fans that don't know MJ the player. They know, or MJ, uh, Magic the player. They know Magic the the front office, you know. Johnson, uh, quote, this team would not be in the position it's in without me. This was my strategy. This is what I thought we'd be in three years. All right, let's move on. And did he really do much in LeBron? LeBron was coming. Like, he sat yeah, down for dinner, too. right? You mean, I think that too. Him and Jeannie Buss, they they spun it. I mean, it's like LeBron was coming to L.A., guys. How much did you really do when his his bags were already packed? Give him all the credit. Give him all the credit. I'm Now I'm mad. I've made myself mad over this stupid comment because Magic feels like he deserves more credit. All right. 
Well, congrats. We ended up spending 12 minutes talking about it on national radio. So when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, let's get back to what matters. The National Football League, who's in, who's out injury-wise, will recap three incredible games from today, including some wild stats. Plus, uh uh-huh, coaching changes. Are we going to see a few? Are we going to see a lot? We'll talk about it next on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a five hundred dollar matching bonus and a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua Did we jump the gun on a big report? We'll talk about it in moments, but first, want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit to how much will match, millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. We have the injuries to run back over here one more time before we get out. I'm calm now after getting all mad at Magic. I'm better now. Give me credit. Um, Bruce Arians gave the old Lee Corso pencil not so fast conversation whenever the question about Jameis Winston's future with the team was brought up. Of course, the Buccaneers lost again today. I say lost again. They lost today. They had been playing better football, but... How did you put it, Eric? Jameis Winston is the most exciting player. Yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of people are talking about him now. I've seen this narrative or this take on him is that he's the most exciting player in the NFL because while he's also bad, he's also exciting. So he'll (laughs) he'll match his bad play with just his exciting play, which I mean, which isn't, which is not a lie at all. No, no, and, and it was on display today. I mean, do you realize that his? 
first drive interception, and I know this stat has been thrown out a lot. I heard it from Jason McIntyre this morning on the big lead. That's the sixth first drive pick that Jameis Winston had thrown this year. Six times. First drive of the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First down, they all picked off. The crazy thing is that prior to today, they were 4-1 and one in games that he had actually thrown a first drive pick. Of course, they fall to four and two. But after the game, Bruce Arians was in no mood to talk about the NFL Network report that the Bucks have decided to bring Jameis Winston back in 2020. While the quarterback is in the final year of his deal, there have been questions about his future. A report came out this morning that said the Buccaneers had decided to bring back Jameis in 2020. And I don't really know if there's been that much of a question about it. There's a question about how they would do it. Would they just franchise tag him, which I think would make Jameis Winston a $33 million man if they franchise tagged him. There's the transition tag. Hell, they can give him a new deal altogether. But Bruce Arians said postgame, quote, there's been no decision on any player. We don't make those decisions until the end of the season. I mean, you would have to assume that they have a pretty good idea about what they want to do. But, I mean, it. you talk about a roller coaster. And I, I get it. I understand it. There's always been questions about this guy from the moment he came off campus, but he went number one in the draft for a reason. And I, I'm willing to bet teams would be, I don't want to say every team, but there's going to be, this offseason is going to be fascinating with quarterback movement. I mean, fascinating. You know, you start thinking about, okay, well, what happens with Jameis? If that report is wrong, are the Buccaneers looking to maybe make a play for somebody that Bruce Arians is more comfortable with? Or are they going to draft someone? I mean, is, is Tennessee going to commit long-term to Ryan Tannehill? Marcus Mariota is going to be on the market. Is he a valuable asset for somebody? Or does he become a, a backup like Blake Bortles is in Los Angeles and you never really hear from him again? Unless he goes on, pardon my take. That's the only time I ever hear from Blake Bortles anymore. What what do you do with the Tua in the draft? I mean, when you talk about your best ability being your availability, this is a dude that has been dinged up consistently. So does he fall out of the top ten? Does Joe Burrow still go one, even though he's had one good season? Which, by the way, Kyler Murray had one good season in college and went number one last year. Where does Justin Herbert fall? I mean, heck, we can go back to the NFL. I do not buy any report from anyone that says Derek Carr won't be back with the Raiders next year. It's just, it's not happening. It's, he's going to be back with the Raiders next year. It makes no sense with two years under their belt with Gruden to scrap it when you're moving it. When this is what you've been building towards is to be good by the time you go to Vegas. I know this sounds crazy because when you have success, it's always the quarterback getting the praise. And when you lose... It's the quarterback getting the blame. Uh, Derek Carr is the least of the Raiders' problems right now. The least. Now, my man will throw it away on fourth down unlike any quarterback I've ever seen in my life. But when you look at the issues in Oakland slash Vegas, it ain't Derek Carr right now. And there's no – I don't think Marcus Mariota is suddenly going to uh, revamp his career and save the Raiders. Though, I will project here on – I mean, is today the 21st already? On December 21st, I thought about this watching bowl games on Friday night. 
John Gruden is so drafting Jordan Love, it's not even funny. So, I don't know. Maybe they're – what's going to happen in Miami? You know, there's so many fascinating quarterback – is Eli Manning truly done? Or does someone take a chance on him, bring him in? Fascinating. And I don't think – you know, we've really only had one major free agent quarterback move, and that was Kirk Cousins a couple years ago to Minnesota. You don't see quarterbacks on the market very often. Hell, what about the Chargers? I mean, Phillip Rivers hasn't necessarily been setting the world on fire this year. Now, he probably will today against the Raiders. But, you know, they're going to be sitting with probably a top 10 pick. Do they take a chance on a guy like Tua? Do they go out and make a play for someone like Mariota? Do they move on from Phillip Rivers? What had become that popular rumor, I think it was my favorite, that Tom Brady could go to Los Angeles and be the the ticket seller, if you will, for the Chargers as new tenants in the new Los Angeles stadium. And, oh, yeah, and that gets us to, I guess, the ultimate question. What's next in New England? Is this – are we seeing the end of the Tom Brady era in New England? I mean, I, I think there's a bevy of questions about coaches, which we're going to get into next. But, man, the quarterback, at least at this point in 2019, looking ahead at 2020, the potential quarterback movement is wild. I mean, Chris, you and I were talking about it before we went on the air. I mean, Matt Stafford's not going anywhere, is he? No, he's he's staying there. He's the contract's pretty well ri- rich for Detroit and for Stafford. And and to be honest, like I know he, I know the Lions' season was incredibly disappointing, and he wa- and he ends the season on injury reserve because of his back injury. But 2019 was one of his best statistical years. Like. He's still going to have a few years left with him in in Detroit, so I I don't see them moving on from him anytime soon. Me neither. Hey, what do, what what happens in Pittsburgh? You know, it's just you try to move, and I I'm thinking to myself, all right, well we're we're done talking about quarterbacks. Well, what what do you do in Pittsburgh? I mean, I don't know if you guys watched Sunday Night Football last week, uh, but my man Ben Roethlisberger did not look like a dude that was in peak physical condition. Looked like maybe he was enjoying his stint on injured reserve a bit. Don't blame him. But can he come back? And if he can't, I I like the story about the duck, and it's kind of cool with his nickname, but I don't know if that's a guy that I pin my future on. Fascinating conversations. Fascinating. And guess what? They'll fill our airwaves coming up in most of February and March. But when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, let's quickly preview some of the games today and who might be coaching for their jobs, if that's even a thing. But before we do anything else, Brian Finley is in the house. Get us caught up on everything that's happening, not only today, but happened last night in the world of sports. What's going on, Brian? Hey, what's going on, Chris? Yeah, Robbie Gold knocking in a 33-yard field goal as time expires to lift the 49ers over the Rams 34-31 on Saturday night. This eliminates Los Angeles from the playoffs, but head coach Sean McVay, after the game, trying to have a positive spin to things. We'll go back, we'll look at this film, we'll clean it up, uh, and then uh, you know we'll respond and finish this thing off the right way with some pride like I, like I know that those guys will do, like I know our coaching staff will do, and as sick as you are, um, you know, I don't know anything else other than that to do that. 
Meanwhile, the Vikings book a postseason berth with Los Angeles out, and the Patriots roar back and beat the Bills 24-17. That is the 11th straight AFC East title for New England. Buffalo, in the process, secures the fifth seed in the AFC playoff landscape. The Texans get their hands on the AFC South title after beating the Bucks 23-20. Jameis Winston, four interceptions. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. In college football, 20th-ranked Appalachian State overcame a 14-0 deficit to confound UAB 31-17 the final in the New Orleans Bowl. The Mountaineers finished with a 13-win season. Washington emasculates number 19 Boise State 38-7 in the Las Vegas Bowl, and Liberty wins the Cure Bowl in their first year at the FBS level. And quickly in the NBA, the Clippers destroy the Spurs 134-109. 20 dunks for the Clip Show in this game. Kawhi Leonard had five of them, including 26 points, seven rebounds, nine assists. And James Harden, another 47-night performance, 47-point performance, I should say, as the Rockets dumbfound the Suns 139-125. Back to Chris Plank in the Fox Sports Studios. Great stuff, Brian. We'll uh, be on updates little longer i don't know you're not done are you brian you're still around yeah are you done i am done at 6 a.m so i will be in with with the fellas coming up next brian and andy Furman. nice so you get more finley while i go to bed but uh (laughs) as always we come to you live from the fox sports radio studios brought to you by geico it's easy to save 15 percent or more on on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Here are the games today with playoff implications. Uh, and by the way, if you missed it as part of Brian's update, the South is clinched. The AFC South, that is. The Texans will host a first-round playoff game. Uh, the The Patriots still could potentially find themselves in a tie for the second spot with the Kansas City Chiefs, but but that would involve the Patriots losing to Miami. If the Chiefs lose tomorrow or tonight against the Bears, then the Patriots have that first-round bye uh, yet again. So that's one of the storylines that developed from today. And the San Francisco 49ers currently sit in the top spot in the NFC after their win today, which eliminated the, the Rams. But they, they could still finish anywhere from first to, what, fifth? Which is actually first to sixth. It's crazy. It's crazy to see how uh, deep the NFC is as far as the playoff picture is concerned. So here's the games that matter for today, and including a pretty big one on Monday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles square off. If the Cowboys win, they clinch the NFC East and they'll host a first-round playoff game, likely against the Vikings. If the Cowboys lose to the Eagles, then the Eagles will very much stay alive in the AFC. What am I saying? In the NFC East picture. So Cowboys win and they're in. It it couldn't be more simple of a clinchable situation for the Dallas Cowboys. Win and you're in. Um, But if the Eagles win, Philadelphia would win the division if they win in week 17 at the Giants. So, I mean, again, the Giants have played okay this year at times. That's probably being a little bit too nice. 
but basically your battle for the NFC East is today. Uh, obviously, already clinching, uh, clinching berths, Packers, the Niners, the Saints, so it's all about kind of ranking for them and where they're going to be seated is what I'm looking for. But 325 today, bottom line, Cowboys-Eagles for the NFC East. Meanwhile, in an early game, that's a huge matchup between the Saints and the Titans. The Titans desperately need a win, but could lose today and still keep their playoff hopes alive. That's the one Eastern noon central kick. Saints, Titans, Titans, according to Ian Rappaport, will be without Derrick Henry today. Meanwhile, I do mention this just because there is that slight chance for the Browns. They need a lot of things to happen, including a sweep over the Baltimore Ravens. But uh, Cleveland has very, very, very slight playoff chances still alive. Uh, but they need a win and several other things to happen. Ravens-Brown at noon. Sa- same for the Raiders. Raiders and Chargers this afternoon at 3.05. Final Raiders game in the uh, in the soccer stadium. I imagine there's going to be a lot of silver and black in the stands, but that hasn't mattered because basically every time we go to L.A., we get our asses kicked. So I'm sure that's probably going to be more of the same. A couple of other games that have playoff implications on Sunday include Cardinals and Seahawks. Seahawks need to win to keep their NFC West hopes alive. If the Seahawks win against the Cardinals today, the next week when they square off against the San Francisco 49ers, it will not only be for the West, but it could be for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So the the Seahawks and the Niners could be battling for and probably will be battling for home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the NFC when they score off next Sunday in a game that I think we all expect to be flexed to Sunday Night Football next week, especially with the Texans having already clinched the AFC South. Uh, Chiefs and Bears, I mean, the Bears have been eliminated. Chiefs still alive for that two seed. They need to win their last two games and hope that the Patriots get knocked off by the Dolphins. And Monday Night Football is monstrous. The Vikings want to end up winning the division. Packers and Vikings go at it. Monday Night Football. It's probably from top to bottom. The NFL schedule makers, I think, caught a bit of a break. It could not have worked out more perfectly to have this many meaningful matchups line up over the last two weeks of the season. And if I remember correctly, they made the decision uh, the, the decision to shift the three games to Saturday that they did. They made that decision, what, a couple weeks ago? And you could not have been more spot on with the three games that they picked to like move to Saturday. I feel like they've really got to figure out. I remember they, there was a problem. I mean, I don't my my time references all it's okay so are mine didn't they had a problem in years past with you know people resting these final two three weeks because of the scheduling was so mm-hmm. out of whack and they didn't have these divisional matchups but now you know you got i mean even if the bills bills or the jets you know like somebody else in the afc east could have been this could have been an influential game for the bills and the jets next week after this bills patriots game but now you know the jets had a had a down year with sam Darnold being out so there could have been another one after this That's week right. between the bills and pats that could have influenced whether or not the Jets got in. That's right. You're absolutely 110% right. So, good slate of games from yesterday through today. It's going to be a fun final final two weeks, excuse me, the NFL season. Hey, I, I want to get our picks in our last segment. So, can I real quick talk about the hot seat? Because, Chris, we're in agreement, right? You're, you're buying the Fords at their word. There's nothing to worry about in Detroit right now. That's not going to come open, correct? Yeah, there's, there's no okay. reason why they would change that. So Black Monday does loom, and you already have two openings in the National Football League with the Redskins and the Carolina Panthers. 
And while I appreciate what both interim coaches are doing right now, they're probably not getting that job. So you start thinking about potential openings. I think, all right, so you say cross out the Lions. It's not happening. Didn't we just get a vote of confidence for Adam Gase this week in the Jets? So barring some sort of implosion, he gets at least a second year, right? We agree on that or no? Yeah, Mono probably saved him. (laughs) The kissing (laughs) disease saved him. Jacksonville's going to be open, right? So we could probably add that as a third. Doug Marone out. I don't know how yeah. much of a value spot that is. He doesn't decide to leave like he did Buffalo. Sorry, a little bitter. Yeah, no, so weird. And Did Dan Quinn save his job in Atlanta with the way this team has played the last few weeks? I think he may have. I mean, especially, you know, you, were wa- you watched Washington the last few games under Jay Gruden. You're like, oh, my gosh, they've quit. They've tapped out. I don't think you've seen that with Atlanta. So I think there's a chance that Dan Quinn has saved his job. And honestly, do you throw Matt Nagy in that as well too with the Bears? Because Mitch Trubisky has suddenly looked good over the last couple of weeks. So have we seen the Falcons and the Bears maybe go from a place where you thought there would be a vacancy to a place where, and I don't know, you follow this quite a bit, Chris, in the NFC North, but have those been two gigs, I know the Falcons and the South Bears in the North, where coaches have saved their jobs over the last few weeks? I can't. I, I don't know much about the Falcons. Uh, yeah, that that that's tough because I I feel like on one hand, yeah, they they're they're performing well near the end, but you you got to be upset if you're Atlanta too, because like how many more times are you going to keep do going to have your window open here? What about Chicago then? So I think Chicago they're they're going to stand by him. I I think the problems this year really didn't come from Nagy; it came from other places. And the the lesson there is just you need to just give him more tools to kind of work with. My my fascination with Chicago is what they're going to do with Trubisky before too long, but you know they've got still got a few more years of that, and that's going to yeah. be critical near the end. But Chicago is kind of fighting back here late, so we'll see. I think Mariota could end up in Chicago. They got Helfrich there that's helping run their offense. I think he could land in Chicago and really give Trubisky a run for his money. All right, so. Uh, I the Falcons are four and two in their last six games, including wins over the 49ers and the Saints during that stretch. So let's just say they decide to keep Dan Quinn. I mean, the Bengals are going to give Zach another year. Zach Taylor, I almost said Zach Thomas, Zach Taylor, another year, especially if they end up going with Burrow number one, just to see what he can do with that quarterback. I mean, it's been a disaster in Cincinnati this year. But I also think they kind of expected it to be pretty bad. So I don't think the Bengals will make a change, which would then leave us with what, Cleveland? I think Kitchens is out. I don't know where you guys stand. I think think Cleveland is out. It's got to be like, okay, we'll get rid of this guy and then see what somebody else can do with this. Because, I mean, on paper, these guys should be way better than a six-win team. I agree. It's it's a Madden roster. So they got to figure out somebody like, okay, the coach – Somebody's got to be able to figure out something where we can at least get nine wins out of this roster. Eric, do you think the Giants move on as well from Pat Shermer? Mm, I think they might. They might. I would. I mean, yeah, probably. Eh, maybe not. So this whole Eli Manning thing towards the end is just really weird too. So I don't know. You you have two openings right now. We agree that the Jags and the Browns are going to make a change. That's four. We're a little shaky on the Giants. I mean. Are are we even going to have six openings in the NFL this season? You gotta you gotta touch on the Garrett too. That's carousel's always spinning in, in Dallas and Well, 
that that's and I know we're really late, but that's the one to me that I think you would say they're going to make a change regardless. I really and because they're not going to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're not. But if they make a run, would that be enough for Jerry, who's been very cryptic this year in his messages of support for Jason Garrett, to say, "All right, um, I'm making a move, and that move is to give Jason a new contract, or I'm going to go try to get me Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley." I think all eyes are on Dallas. I really do. I mean, I think that's the biggest one. But even even with Dallas, are you going to get to six vacancies this year? I don't know. There's always a surprise, right? There's always kind of a surprise firing or or retiring. It's happened the last couple of years in college football. I feel like there might be one or two in the NFL, but can't really pin down who I think might be a surprise. I'm just glad we didn't mention the Buffalo Bills or Sean McDermott at all, so... That's right, man. He's 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 what got time. that job done. All right, when we come back, we'll pick a few games, give you some final thoughts as we wrap up the Jason Martin Show. Chris Plank filling in on a Sunday morning right here on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part is figuring out which way is easier. Andy Furman and Brian No are coming up next. A big shout-out to Chris Perfect on the Wheels of Steel. Always good commercial break conversations. Uh, as it is with Eric Roberts, E-Rob had to live with Arnie and I for, for a while, so probably a little nicer. You're, yeah, it's like um, yeah. you know, going from Arnie and Aaron in, to you filling in for Jason a little like later. It's like, a, it's like I was a divorced – a kid from a divorced family, and I spent yeah. two Christmases together right now. Yeah, and uh, always love talking with Brian. Brian Finley on the updates. He'll continue – through uh, Andy and Brian's show, which, by the way, I don't know if Andy Furman slept. While my titter, Twitter, titter, while my Twitter timeline seemed to go dark during the overnights, because I don't know why no one's up from 2 to 5 a.m. Central Time. Don't know what you people aren't doing. But uh, Andy was, like, tweeting like crazy. So, look, at he'll be ready to go coming up next. A couple of quick things before we wrap up. Uh, we only got two minutes here. But, again, one of the big stories of the night was Isaiah Thomas going into the stands it didn't get too confrontational, but here's what the Wizards guard had to say. My dad taught me at a young age, don't ever let anybody call you out of your name. And it doesn't matter where I am, that's not going to happen. So when I missed the first free throw and made the second, I'm running back and a fan has both of his middle fingers up and said, F- you three times. So then the timeout goes and I go in the stands to confront him. I say, don't be disrespectful, that calm. I'm a man before anything, and be a fan. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a Frosty. Because if you miss two free throws, I guess the fans get a Frosty. You know, we did have a very good point brought up on Twitter uh, as this show was heading down the home stretch, and I cannot believe that I ignored this until right now so we don't have time to really go in-depth on it. Uh, This came to us tonight from Jeffrey Meyer who tweeted at us, if they were giving away Arby's curly fries, then there would have been a riot. The loss of a Frosty is mildly disappointing. Loss of curly fries, life-changing. Fair point. Fair point. You're losing a Frosty, guys, and you're dropping bombs? But Isaiah Thomas, don't be going into the stands. For the crew, I'm Chris Plank. Brian's going to be back next week. Our Brian knows next with Andy Furman right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 